Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aw, yeah? Boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Thiago from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and vitalizing way to learn English. So, download this podcast and listen to it while you're making your shopping list, waiting in line, or even reading reviews on TripAdvisor. All right, so I'm joined in the global studio today by the most lacquer teacher in South Africa, the one and only Kase. Hey, Kase. Hey, Chiago. <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? I'm good. Uh, we were talking earlier about how hot it is, and mm. I think besides that, everything's good. Yeah, yeah. Here in Brazil, it's really hot too. Yeah, we share the same season time, right? <laughs> We do, we do, but yeah, yeah. I, I guess you know, it's it's one of those things where it, you take it as it comes. Like, what can you do about it, really? So yeah, I like that. You take it as it comes. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So uh, today we're gonna be talking all about travel experiences. Uh, Cassie and I have here um, some memorable travel stories to share with you guys today, and to. Get started with this topic. I have a funny little thing here to read to you guys. It's fun. Yeah, so check it out. Vacation or staycation? You know, not taking time off can be a huge complication. Whether you see a coral snake next to you or make a taxi driver blush with embarrassment, travel stories are always fun to share. In today's episode, we'll have some fun by sharing some memorable experiences we've had while traveling. Yeah, just a little bit of a quick intro there, right? <laughs> did you like what I did there, Cassie? <laughs> I I thought it was really clever. It sounded like a poem to me, or like a really you know good play on words. I thought it was really good. <laughs> yeah, Funny. yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, well, we do have some nice words here, right? So, uh, Cassie, what is a staycation? Like, what's the difference between a vacation and a staycation? So, a vacation is. We would use this word when we are traveling. We're going away. We're traveling usually abroad. You know, we tend to differentiate between a staycation and a vacation as the vacation would be the one where you're going abroad. And the staycation is the one where you're staying with, you know, a local vacation in your country, mm. in your city. And even we often use it to say, like, I'm not going away this holiday or this vacation. I say holiday. Um, we're going to stay at home. So your staycation could just be you at home relaxing um, on your days off. Cool. Yeah, I like the way that the word is formed, right? Staycation, right? Like you stay locally. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I, I think that English can be quite literal sometimes, you know, as a non-native speaker of English. I notice that sometimes, like, you know, some of the words can be quite literal, yeah? If you think about, oh, yeah, it makes sense, right? Staycation, I stay locally, I don't go abroad. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, when you take time off, what do you do? What does that mean? So if you take time off, you're taking a break from doing something, especially work. So you can take time off from 
your studies as well, or you can take time off from doing a particular activity. Like maybe I, I'm, I'm used to going to the gym like every day of the week, mm -hmm. and then I take time off from going to the gym. It means I'm just taking a break from doing that activity. Cool. Nice. And uh, here in this little introduction, we also said uh, the word blush, right? Uh, when you make someone blush, what's that? So when you make someone blush, you, well, you make them shy or you make them feel a little bit embarrassed. Um, so I also want to add that what it means when, we, when we're blushing is our cheeks tend to go red or our faces mm. in general go pink <laughs> or red. Um, but I, ha I just want to add for the ladies out there, I mean, we all love makeup. So blush also refers to, you know, the actual makeup that we use to give ourselves that effect. Because, you know, rosy cheeks right. are a sign that you're youthful and you're, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just a good, positive, healthy sign. Healthy people blush is what mm. the... <laughs> uh -huh. the idea is there but yeah to blush is to get embarrassed or feel embarrassed and have your cheeks and face go red rosy cheeks that's nice rosy cheeks. rosy yeah uh, yeah is it like from the, rosy the cheeks, color pink. pink right exactly exactly very mm -hmm. good rosy <laughs> cheeks <laughs> rosy cheeks excuse me not chicks <laughs> <laughs> rosy cheeks okay that's cool. Yeah. Uh, when we were prepping for this episode, Cassie, we were talking about, you know, uh, how sometimes learners, they struggle to uh, tell the difference between the words holiday, vacation and trip. Right. They can be quite confusing. Um, how would you explain the difference of these three words? Yeah. So um, with a holiday, so we know that in American English, you know, if people are referring to taking time off to go away or plan some kind of stay in a different location they usually say that they're going on vacation mm -hmm. um but in british english and here in south africa as well we would also refer to that as a holiday i'm going on holiday so i'm going away on holiday next week and that just doesn't refer to one day as it would in you know we spoke about that as well uh a holiday is usually like christmas time or um, a particular national day that people celebrate. But for us, it's actually the same meaning as a vacation. Um, and then, you know, we also spoke about trip. So people will say, oh, am I going on vacation or am I going on a trip? I think in general, they have a very similar meaning. It all means you're going on a journey from one place to another. But a trip can also be, usually it's it's a short um well, not always, but we can we usually use it in that way. Like I'm I'm going on a trip to my grandmother's house, or my son is going on a trip to with his with his school uh, to the local museum. So it's it's a short period, and you're usually going and then coming back um, soon. But yeah, cool. You know that word trip reminds me of uh, of a classic Beatles song called Day Tripper. Yeah. Day tripper, and uh, the, yeah. the, the song talks about a girl who is a day tripper. I I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe uh, she takes short trips, right, like across town. Yeah, so it's a great song. Could yeah. be, yeah. yeah. It's uh -huh. One of the first ones I learned on guitar, actually. Oh wow, yeah. I, I would love to hear you play that. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can uh, grab the guitar, you know, in a future episode just to play that main riff. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, dun 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 dun. dun. You know, it's really cool. <laughs> So uh, today, um, we're going to be talking all about trips and traveling and memorable traveling experiences. 
well, we are talking about trips and traveling. I have to admit, Cassie, one of my, uh, not regrets, but maybe one of the things that kind of, you know, bums me out sometimes is the fact that I have never had the opportunity to go abroad. At least not yet. You know, it's one of those things that I still have to tick off my bucket list, <laughs> you know, but I am confident. I am hopeful that some, uh, you know, I will be able to realize this dream of going abroad soon. <laughs> Definitely. Like, I mean, if we think about it, like as I, I cannot tell you how amazing it actually is that you say this. And I mean, I tell you this all the time, but you, your English is impeccable and you've never left Brazil. So I think this is is not something to feel bummed out about. Well, you know, like if you look at it from that perspective, it's something or, to feel yeah. proud of, right? Thanks for that. I really appreciate that. By the way, what does it mean to be bummed out about something? Just to feel sad and, you know, you're feeling a little bit depressed about it. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't even say a little bit. Sometimes if you're really bummed out, you could be very depressed about, you know, that the state of, of the situation. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I view that as an accomplishment that I have in my life, for sure. Yeah, being able to learn English as well as I did here in my home country. For me, uh, I think a, a big de a big uh, uh, part of that was talking to people as much as possible. Yeah, so sometimes I would meet some native speakers on the street in my hometown. Sometimes I had some friends also who spoke English, so, you know, we practiced together. But the, the, the crazy thing is that nowadays you don't even have to know people necessarily that speak English to practice or speak, like, you know, personally. Right. Uh, let's say the app, for example, yeah, the real life English app, you can just pop up there and connect with someone, have a short four minute conversation. And, you know, it's one of those things that, wow, I mean, we have so many resources nowadays. Right. By the way, uh, for the listeners here, uh, if you haven't tried the app yet, give it a try. I mean, uh, you know, I wish I had that, you know, when I was learning English uh, many, many years ago. So it's free. Just uh, click the link in the description or Real Life English on your favorite app store, search for it and uh, give it a try. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I like that you mentioned like a quick, you know, quick four minute call. You don't you won't yeah. even have time to blush in four minutes. <laughs> you'll just speak to the stranger. You, no embarrassment. Just, you know, quick, short call. And you'll already have that, you know, experience and the fun side of meeting someone new. Yeah. So no need to what blush do you have with to lose? embarrassment. That's cool. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> so, Cassie, I wanted to share with you uh, my memorable travel experience. One of them, yeah. It was a trip that I took locally here in Brazil. And I think it's a, it's a good example of when expectations don't meet reality. <laughs> you know, it was the first time I visited Florianópolis, right? Here in Brazil, it's in the south. And, um, you know, we uh, Brazilians, we tend to call it Floripa. Yeah, you've been there too, yeah, at our last summit. So you know the, the, the place, the island, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's an amazing place, uh, beautiful beaches. But the first time I went there actually wasn't so good. And let me explain why, right? That was, I think, 2018. And uh, what happened was I got really disappointed with the hotel where I stayed at. You know, because when I was booking the hotel... Uh, you know, before going there, the pictures looked amazing, you know, they looked incredible, like, oh, this is such a nice place to stay in. But when we got there, and you know, it was me and my family, right? I took my wife and my uh, son, who was, I think, seven years old at the time. My daughter wasn't born yet. It was our first time ever 
uh, in Floripa, right? And uh, we got really disappointed with the hotel because, um, you know, it's one of those hotels that, um, I don't know, it seems like time hasn't been kind to the place, you know? So uh, it wasn't at all like the pictures showed on the website. And it was a big place. It was a, a huge space. Yeah, even external area. But uh, there were many deactivated facilities that hadn't been used for a long time. So, you know, it's one of those places where you look around and go like, okay, I imagine that this place used to be a really good place like 30, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, maybe business wasn't going well over the years or um, I don't know what happened. But, you know, it seems like the, the place, the hotel has declined over over time yeah so you know that was a little bit of a, a disappointment for us and um even the breakfast you know i was expecting that nice wow uh, what, what do you call it uh, that nice um continental, continental. breakfast right <laughs> that hotel's offering was <laughs> like uh, you know even the breakfast was like okay yeah a letdown oh <laughs> it was a letdown and uh to make matters even let's say worse uh, i think on our last day there there was even a a, a mini coral snake you know, uh, by the entrance, and oh. it was insane. You know, I don't know if it is if it was poisonous or not. You know, but what I remember is uh, seeing some guys from the hotel who worked there. You know, uh, try, trying to capture it with a kind of a, a plastic bottle, maybe to call with animal course. services. So I was like, oh man, I mean, uh, we even have coral snakes here. I mean, uh, that's not shaping to be a good <laughs> stay here. You know. <laughs> But yeah, but overall, we enjoyed the the trip, right? Like visiting the beaches and, you know, uh, visiting some of the island, right? But I think that the hotel was a, a big bummer for us, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned an interesting uh, word combination. You said deactivated facilities. Mm. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a facility is a place, right, uh, where maybe an activity takes place. Yeah, so at that hotel, uh, there were some stages for performances, you know. I imagine that people used to hold concerts there, for example, yeah. But, you know, you could see that it was deactivated, like, you know, it wasn't in use, that place, that facility, yeah. So, um, yeah, a facility is a space where a certain activity is done there. Yeah. There's another word you used. You, you said, like... Um... It was declining, like, mm. like, so when something is in decline or when it's declining, what does that mean? I think it's the opposite of progress, right? So when you progress, you go upwards, right? You are improving, 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 getting better. If you are declining, it's the opposite. Yeah? You are downgrading, yeah? You are lowering, yeah, your progress or your, the quality of the service you provide, Yeah. So that's it. So it was an interesting experience. Um, aside from that, like I said, I mean, uh, we had a good time. We took many pictures and, uh, you know, I, I got to go back to Floripa all the times, you know, after that. And, you know, all the experiences were like amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so, I just, I have questions about the coral snake. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate snakes. Me too. Yeah. Snakes are weird. No arms, no legs, <laughs> just a slithering muscle. Ugh, I'm just not, yeah. I'm sorry. It's disgusting. It is. Oh, I, I love animals, but I just snakes <laughs> need to stay away from me. But I have a question. Uh-huh. How, firstly, how did you react? What was your reaction to the snake? 
I reacted in a very brave way oh. by staying away from it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, really away from it. Like, you know, guys, you know, <laughs> there's a snake here. Then, uh, you know, uh, two guys who worked at the hotel, they went there and, you know, dealt with it. Yeah. And then called somebody responsible. Yeah. But yeah, no, I kept my distance. Come on. Yeah. I was on vacation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mm-mm. This snake is not going to ruin our vacation. No, I no. paid for this. No, no, no. Come on. Yeah. But uh, you also had a, an interesting story to share, right, Cassie? Um, kind of related to bandit, I believe. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What's a bandit, by the way? So a bandit is like a criminal or uh, a lawbreaker. Uh, you can you might hear it like in old whist movies, like, you know, the bandits are those bad guys who are, you know, robbing the bank or who are trying to break the law in some way. But it's it's my story is not about someone breaking the law. It's like someone causing trouble. And this is another way that you can describe uh, another way you can a word you can use to describe someone who likes causing trouble and just mischief and just not following rules, this bandit who... <laughs> mm. So anyway, in, this, in my story, mm. it's quite similar to yours in terms of it being relating to animals. All right, so since I was a kid, my family loved... They're really big on, like, camping and outdoor mm. stays. So we tend to camp in the mountains or at the beach, and it's sort of a family tradition for us to go camping at a at least once a year, we go camping at this one spot. It's called Kohol Bay. Kohol Bay, uh, Kohol is an Afrikaans word, um, and it means like a ball, like a metal ball, like a, you know, the ones you throw in shot put or... Anyway, so <laughs> Kohol Bay is a beautiful place. It's stunning. It's like you have the beach on the one side and you have this beautiful mountainous area on the other side, and it's really picturesque it's stunning mm. and you know it's the kind of place that like if i describe it to you you're thinking oh i'm gonna have the most peaceful tranquil <laughs> serene like <laughs> getaway <laughs> if i go there i'm just gonna be able to relax and forget about the troubles in the city and that was the mindset that we had at the time i remember being quite young and going like yay we're getting away from like the hustle and bustle in the city we're we're going to spend some time in nature and it's so wonderful. And it really is a wonderful place. But I think what we were not expecting was that nature would come with its own, you know, <laughs> attack. Like we didn't, we, it was <laughs> going to come with its own drama. So I know I described it before as like we were getting away from the drama in the city, but we didn't realize that there was going to be drama in nature. And what we found was that even though we had this beautiful scenery, this stunning, relaxing space around us, because this is not a resort, it's not a, a man-made place, it's literally us camping on the beach with a mountain in the background. And what happens in this space is that there are a lot of baboons um, who live in the mm. mountains. There are a lot of, um, I want to call them like families, I think they're called families of baboons, but they live all over the mountains and they basically come down to the campsites to feed. So the mm -hmm. the food that humans leave on the on the in the trash cans or um, the food that you know after you have a barbecue, you you know 
throw your leftover, I don't know, people throw their, their food in the <laughs> trash cans. And basically what these baboons do is they, they scratch in the trash cans and they eat that food. But they've, they get, they've gotten so used to humans invading, I don't want to say invading, but entering their space that they actually kind of like, they literally cross the line of like going while you're asleep at night, they'll come into your campsite and they'll scratch mm -hmm. in your bags, they'll open your tent, they'll enter wow. your tent, steal your food, and then run away. And that was something that. we experienced. So we were camping and, you know, just having this, you know, we thought that we were just having the best time. And when we woke up the next morning, there was a baboon literally in the tent, stealing toilet paper, chips, like anything he could find inside of the bag. And luckily, wow. this was not a very big one. So he just ran away. Mm. And they're not afraid of humans. They really aren't. And <laughs> for those of you who don't know, baboons are quite ferocious when they want to be. They have long, sharp teeth. They have claws. They have even, I mean, I, I've never seen this happen, but I've heard that they even snatch kids and babies. So maybe oh this was just <laughs> <laughs> something we were told so that we stay away from wow. them. I, I have no idea. But, um, you know, on a, on a lighter note, they, they tend to be quite harmless. They just really will steal mm -hmm. your food and scare the living mm -hmm. daylight out of you uh, if you wake up next <laughs> to finding one like right there in your tent. So, yeah, that was my memorable travel experience. Wow. It is memorable. Yeah. Might be worth explaining to the listeners what a baboon is, right, Cassie? It's a primate, right? It's a, a kind of monkey, right? Exactly. I think, by the way, I have video and like some photos of this particular campsite with baboons in it. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I could share with Chiago and he could. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. At first glance, it looks like a case of man versus wild. All along the Cape Peninsula, where national park meets residential areas, Baboons are a contentious issue. They're so habituated, they're raiding houses almost every day at certain times of the year. While fascinating to watch in the wild and troublesome on the road, having a troop go through your kitchen is another matter. And alpha males can be terrifying. Oh, these wow. baboons. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... It, it, it looks scary, you know, like imagine if I am the owner of the house and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a group of baboons just, you know, walk in. Mm -hmm. I don't I, I don't know what I would do, you know, probably just like, you know, the coral snake thing. I would just, you know, keep my distance, call some shout at somebody from this. You're like, please help. <laughs> <laughs> it's the smart thing to do. Like, let someone else yeah. handle it. Um, right. Yeah. But I think like, as it was saying, um, like, I don't think that they their intention is to harm humans. I think one of the problems is that, you know, when we were camping, we were entering a natural space. So we were, humans mm -hmm. have sort of infiltrated or entered into this space that belongs technically in the natural sense to the animals into, you know, and to the, the baboons in this case. But but in the case of like those residents, like now that the animals are so comfortable with humans that they think that the humans are in, like they think that they can enter the human spaces as well. So I feel like it's just a weird situation right now in both those places, in the campsite and in the, the video that we just saw. Um, 
So, yeah. But what do you think? What do you think about, like, you know, in your case with the coral snake, like, that was a hotel. I don't think there should be snakes in hotels, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I guess maybe it was a part of the problem with the hotel, right? I mean, uh, that was part of the problem also. Yeah, like, you know, it was really a place in decline to the point that, you know, even uh, we saw these kinds of animals there. Yeah. But uh, from this video here, I thought it was very interesting, some words yeah, that we saw. Uh, before we get into them, you used a very nice word when, we, when you were sharing your story, uh, which was um, picturesque, right? You were describing the, the campsite. It's a beautiful place. It's picturesque. What is picturesque? So when something or someone looks picturesque, they look beautiful. They're so beautiful that they look almost mm. like... I don't know. They're per it's the right like they could you could take a photo like a picturesque sunset is like something you want to capture and and keep forever. You want to capture that moment or that look. It's so beautiful. It's so stunning. Think of it like that. Like when something is picturesque, it's so beautiful that you want to capture it. It's a nice word. It kind of reminds me of exquisite. I don't know why, but it reminds me of exquisite. Yeah, yeah. It it basically means <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, like something really beautiful, yeah? Yeah, very, very... Mm, nice. Like, unbelievably, yeah, attractive. Visually attractive. Uh -huh. Cool. Now, from the video we just saw here, yeah, the clip, um, I heard some nice words there. For example, I think they were saying how baboons are contentious. Yeah? Uh, if something is contentious, what does that mean? Yeah, so if something is contentious, I think basically in the case of this video right it causes a very heated argument it causes it's controversial it causes so um just to give you guys a little insight into what the rest of the video is and why it's described as contentious is that as i mentioned now like humans are literally living in these spaces where the animals have been living for a long time so you could think of it as like, whose fault is it that the animals are entering these homes? Is it the fact that the, you know, animal, the baboon population has grown? Or is it that the, uh, and they should be, the animals should be removed or the humans should leave the space? So that's the argument in this context. Okay, nice. It's a great word. It sounds very advanced. Um, yeah. What about raiding? Uh, uh, they say that baboons raid houses. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to raid? If you raid or if something or someone raids a place, they attack that place suddenly. And you can think of a police raid. I know last week we spoke about the, the police bust. Um, and in this case, a raid would be quite similar. You're, you're attacking uh, a particular place um, to, you know, maybe you want, you're, you're raiding a place in order to find something. In this case, the baboons are raiding it to find food. Mm. Um, yeah. Right. You know, uh, I have a, uh, I don't know, a unique brain, I think, because, you know, I, I remember dates of movies or names of movies and series and songs, right? Listening to this word now, raid, uh, reminds me of the first Indiana Jones movie, because, you know, I believe it's called Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. Right? The Raiders, people who raid, right? The Raiders of the Lost Ark. And uh, I also heard Troublesome, Kase, yeah? Uh, they were calling the the baboons, baboons uh, Troublesome. Uh-huh. What's that? 
Yeah, in this case, trouble, when something is troublesome, it means that it causes difficulty or annoyance or it just causes problems for the residents. The baboons are causing problems for the residents. So you can think trouble. Mm, trouble is a bad thing. Mm, okay, troublesome. Um, in this case, we're we're referring to someone causing <laughs> trouble or being their behavior is 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 annoying yeah right that's cool um well i mean the word yeah, the definition and not <laughs> not, <laughs> not the a troublesome person that's not cool yeah but you know <laughs> um i guess uh i guess we could talk a little bit about the takeaways yeah from each one of our stories because you know for me personally uh in my case i think my takeaway with my story in floripa and the coral snake and the bad hotel my takeaway was appearances can be deceiving Uh -huh. You know, just like I think uh, Agent Smith says to Neo in the Matrix movies, Mr. Anderson, appearances can be deceiving, right? Something like that. Uh, because that's exactly what happened, right? I mean, I had one idea or impression of the hotel through the pictures on the website, but actually seeing it, it wasn't anything like that. That was my takeaway. You know, appearances can be tricky can be deceiving. Uh, about your story, you know, on the campsite, the baboons, you know, invading your tent and everything. Uh, any takeaways from that story? Anything you learned, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that I think is important, I mean, I think in both of our cases, well, before I, I answer that question, what does it mm. mean when something is deceiving? It's uh, It tricks you. It manipulates you or it makes you believe in something that is not real mm. or not true. So if you if you believe in something that is not real or it's not that, you can say that that thing deceived you. You were deceived. You were tricked. Yeah. Yeah. So in this case, like the images that you saw when you initially booked your vacation or, or, or planned your vacation, it was in reality, as you said. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The pictures deceived me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I think, you know, with both of our stories, I think the takeaway for me is that either researching through, like, going online and really deep, when you're planning a vacation or a stay, in our case, we were both in our, you know, local countries, but we were in a different part of, it's not part of our daily lives, it was a different part of the city or a different, you know, city altogether, different state. So, yeah, so we were in, Basically, a diff we were planning to go to different environments, uh, unfamiliar environments. I think that whenever you're doing this, you should definitely research thoroughly, like understand what it's like there, understand what problems you could face by, you know, reading some reviews online or even better than reviews and, um, you know, something that someone else writes online would be to actually speak to local people, maybe make a friend or if you're online, I don't know, if you have the opportunity to, it definitely helps to speak to someone who has an understanding or who's been to that place before and who's had a firsthand experience with that place and Ask them questions about it. You know, what can I expect when I go there? Or tell me more about this place. Um, yeah, I think this this is what I, I, I realized. I think if I had, you know, done that before, if my family had done that before, we would have been mentally prepared for the baboons. And instead of it being like, oh, this is a bad experience, we could have been like, oh, yeah, we expected this. We prepared for this. Um, and in our case, it was a, a coral snake and baboons. But... You know, imagine you're planning to go to a country, you don't know what 
the what people dress like, what the dress code is like mm-hmm. in this country. What's what's a common way for people to dress? You know, are they more conservative? Are they, you know, for you, you might be surprised, and this could make you feel shocked and you know have a negative experience. But one way, or even the food, you go to a place and people are eating a type of meat or something that you think is like totally wacky. Like, well, this is crazy. I I kind of imagine that. Um, but I guess my point here is that, you know, when you're researching and you're, or you even better, as I said, speaking with someone who has lived that experience, you get to prepare yourself. You, not only are you uh, informing yourself, but you're really um, opening yourself up to like, you know, possibilities and understanding mm-hmm. cultures and traditions or customs better in that place. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, the importance of getting to know people from other places in the world even, right? Uh, the same case with me. I mean, if I had known a local from Floripa back then, probably the person could have warned me like, hey, you know, don't stay at that place. It's not a good place. You can stay at that place, right? So yeah, definitely getting to know as many people as possible from different regions, right? That is really uh, useful. And uh, well, speaking of which, right? It just so happens uh, you can do that nowadays with our app, right? With the Real Life English app. You can just, you know, join the app, and uh, connect with anybody at the push at the press of a button, right? Anybody in the world have a nice conversation that in English and get to know other people, other cultures, other ways of doing things. Yeah, and um, we actually have a special shout out here to one of our app users, right, Cassie? So would you like to take it away and uh, read it? Sure. Okay, so this app user says, Hi guys, my name is Blynn from Ethiopia. This app is the most fabulous app ever. Before I got to know real life English, I tried to learn English on YouTube. However, this didn't give me the chance to speak with others. So what are you waiting for? Use it and start living your English. Oh yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Blynn, for the shout out, the review and... Um, if you guys want us to shout you out, make sure you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and we're going to find you and shout you out next time, all right? So now, Kase, it's time for the real-life way moment. Yeah, so, you know, uh, today we've been talking about travel experiences, we shared a little bit about, um, you know, some experiences that happened to us. Uh, which component of the real life way would you connect that conversation we had today to? I would say that it's definitely part of living your English. Like, don't just learn mm. it, live it. So what we did today was we were discussing real events that we experienced and we were able to use our English to do that, to have a really fun um, engaging conversation and to share our experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, um, I think about it as you know, we we are we are talking about real life situations also, yeah, because you know it's things that really happen to us, yeah. And even the the short clip we watched about the baboons uh, in Cape Town, that's something real that is happening nowadays. Yeah, I think that's a very recent video. So we are we are practicing English here as it is used in the real world, right? Uh, by actually, you know, accessing uh, real news or real uh, uh, content in the media and just, you know, doing those things or talking about those things in English, right? Um, I, I think this conversation that we are having today 
We can also connect that a little bit with the second component, which is connecting your English to your identity in the sense that we are sharing personal stories here today. So your personal stories are usually part of who you are. Yeah, they shape your life, your experiences. So using your English to talk about things that are relevant to you. Yeah, this is a, another point here that I think we could connect the real life way to. Um, and of course, we all know that when we're talking about ourselves or our experiences, it's always easier, isn't it? So yeah, when we're talking about ourselves or our experiences, we don't have to strain our brains that much or it's not that hard to to think about what we want to say. However, we might not always have the best vocabulary and I guess that's an opportunity to mm-hmm. <laughs> to learn some new vocabulary or to, you know, level up uh, in terms mm. of our how we describe, you know, these things that we do in our in our lives and in these experiences that we've had. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think when it comes to living your your English in this way and sharing stories with others, um, mm-hmm. you could. I mean, we spoke. I just want to say this. Like we spoke about um, these stories like earlier this week. We we, we you know we, we discussed some of our um, our ideas for you know what we would talk about. But every time you tell the story you'll remember another little detail or you can add a little more. So it's, you know, when we're using our English to connect with other people and share yeah. these experiences, it's, it's it's such a great way to practice and think yeah. of different ways to say things. So I guess we can connect that with the challenge that we have for our listeners today, right, Cassie? And the challenge is find a wild animal in our country or where you live and share with us your encounter with yeah. this animal. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Take a picture, yeah? With a thumbs up like that. You know? <laughs> no, no, we are just kidding, guys. Uh, but um, I guess the challenge here could be um, try to use as many adjectives as possible when describing a memorable travel experience you've had. Just to give some examples here, yeah? When talking about your trips or your traveling, uh, you can use words such as riveting. For example, yeah, something riveting is something really interesting, really good. So if you had a positive experience in a trip, you're going to say, oh, it was a riveting experience or even exciting. It was an exciting trip that we had. Uh, what other examples of adjectives can we use in this context, Cassie? Yeah. So, for example, I, if you had a bad experience, like, I mean, I wouldn't say that our experiences were bad, but they could be considered less than positive less optimal <laughs> less <laughs> exactly so you could use uh, adjectives like mortifying or dreadful i had a dreadful time uh because the baboon stole all of my food and i i had to go and buy you know more food and I, it cost me a lot of money um and if something is is mortifying it's actually bad in like an embarrassing way like it's so embarrassing that you have a bad experience or it, it actually makes you feel um you know so for example like if uh <laughs> if you saw the snake the coral snake and you went ah you know that would be <laughs> embarrassing and everyone laughs at you and i'm kidding you can scream if you see a snake but i would scream you know i, I, I think scream. i think i did i actually think i did oh oh yeah no one laughed though <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess everybody was uh, scared as well. Yes, yeah, so you know <laughs> exactly. It's it's a legitimate reason to scream. I I would say, but I mean, if 
if you are one of those like guys who feels like, oh no, I'm not afraid of snakes. I'm going to scream. This is, I can handle a snake. <laughs> then, I mean, maybe you would be mortified um, in that situation. Yeah. So if, if that's your experience, you can use adjectives like those. All right, guys. So try to use these adjectives in as many as you can when describing um, a travel experience that you've had. Maybe you can share your travel experience here in the comment section on YouTube if you're watching us on YouTube. Or you can just send your story to fluencyteam at reallifeglobal.com. We are curious to, you know, to, to read yeah, your crazy, memorable story. And with that said, thank you so much for listening to us or watching us here on YouTube today. And stay tuned for next week's episode. One, two, three. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a long one. <laughs> hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah. Yeah.